freedom please stand up on your feet hallelujah I am redeemed I am redeemed amen let's just bless the name of the Lord this morning amen hallelujah you know church you find out this morning that you don't come to South Metro to be entertained you come to South Metro to hear what the word of the Lord is amen And I don't want our pastor Chad to ever apologize for being a mouthpiece for God. Amen. Because he who the sun sets free is free indeed. We came to hear from God this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many are thankful he set you free. Amen. That you're not who you used to be. Amen. And I ask that you remain standing just until I introduce the word and then just go to the Lord in prayer. But real quick, the title of my message is, Let the Redeemed of the Lord Say So. Let the Redeemed of the Lord Say So. I want you to know that Pastor Chad was an example of saying so this morning. Amen. And what he did, God wants us to do every single day. Let the Redeemed of the Lord Say So. Before I get into the Word, let's just one more time go to the Lord in prayer. Because I know you need God just like I do. Amen. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are in your house this morning. Thankful, Father God, that you're here, that you are already here before we got here. I thank you that you have a plan for us this morning, God, and it is to set us free. I pray that he who has an ear would hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say this morning. God, it has to do with redemption and it has to do with freedom. I thank you that 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, you set us free. I thank you that we're free today, God, and I pray that if we don't have that freedom, that you would loose us this morning. God, I pray as always that you would come and anoint my mind and anoint my body and anoint every word that comes out of my mouth. I pray, God, that you would fill my words with power, that you would fill them with hope, that you would fill them with healing and passion and zeal. I pray most of all that you would fill them with the power of your Holy Ghost. I pray that you would fill your people as well, God, that you would give them ears to hear and hearts that are happy to receive what you have for us this morning. I thank you that we are redeemed. And God, you're challenging us this morning to let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So one last time, we lift up our voice and we clap and give you praise because we are redeemed. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. Like I said, David said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And how many of you know we have a good reason to say so this morning? Amen. I want you to know you have a good reason to give thanks this morning. You have a good reason to rejoice and you have a good reason to be glad The reality is, no matter what you might be going through this day, 
No matter what difficulties you might be facing, no matter what hurdles, no matter what heartaches, what, whatever trials or tribulations you might be going through, I want you to know that we all still have a story that's worth telling. Amen? That's exactly what David said in Psalm 107, verse 2. He said, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. And the truth is, as Christians, church, as born-again believers in Jesus Christ, we all have a story to tell. Amen? It's the story of how I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. It's the story of how I once was in prison and I once was in chains and I once was in in bondage, church. I was once a a prisoner of, of this deep, dark world and a prisoner of the enemy. But Jesus came and set us free. Amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. The story of how I was sinking in sand and sinking in sin and sinking in the miry clay and sinking in depression or fear or whatever it else is that the devil would try to cause you to sink in. But somewhere along the way, Jesus reached down into our miry clay and he set us on a rock eternal. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. The story of how I was once destined for eternal death and destruction, but Jesus came and He gave me new life. Amen? That's exactly what we're talking about this morning. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. The story of their redemption, church, and it's a story that every single one of us should be telling. Moses said in in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 3, I will proclaim the name of the Lord and I will ascribe greatness to our God. And again, it's what David was exhorting us to do in Psalm 107. He's exhorting us to tell about the greatness of our God. He's exhorting us to tell about the goodness of our God and the, the grace of our God and the mercy of our God. How many of you know you've got a story to tell because of Jesus Christ? Amen. I'm wondering this morning, has anyone come to proclaim the greatness of your God? Has anyone come into the house of God to lift up the name of God and proclaim the goodness of our God and proclaim the greatness of our God? You see, when we come into the house of God, that's what we're coming for. We're not coming for us. We're coming for God. We're coming to ascribe His greatness and His glory and His goodness in our life. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, church. Wondering, church, when's the last time we said so? Wondering when the last time is we told about the goodness and the greatness of our God. Please understand when the woman at the well was found uh, dipping from the well of this world, Jesus came by church and he gave her living water and he gave her new life. But when she tasted of that water and she received living water, the Bible tells me that she didn't hang around the water cooler. She didn't hang around that man made well telling the story about her five previous husbands and the man that she was sleeping with at that moment. She left the water of that well behind. She left the waters of the world behind and she went back to the city and she began to tell her story how she was once drinking from a well that was made by man. But Jesus came by and gave her living water and he redeemed her from her past and redeemed her from her sin and redeemed her from her sad story. Church gave her a good story and she went and said so. And that's exactly what David is encouraging us to do. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so.
When the demoniac of Gadara was set free from the power of darkness, the Bible tells me that he didn't hang around the graveyard, church. The Bible tells me that he went back to the city as well, and he began to tell his story. The story of how he was once bound up in chains, once he was controlled by darkness and controlled by demons, once he was wrapped up in sin and wrapped up in darkness. But Jesus came by and called out his name and set him free from all of the evil that was surrounding him, church. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story See, unfortunately, the sad reality is far too many of us who call ourselves Christians are still hanging around the water cooler. We're still hanging around the man-made wells of life, singing sad songs and telling sad stories. Far too many of us that have been called out of darkness by Jesus Christ are still hanging out at the graveyard, grumbling about this and grumbling about that, when God has told us to go proclaim His goodness and His greatness in this world, church. We all have a story to tell, and it is the story of God's redemption, church. You see, far too often we give the devil the glory and we sing the wrong song, church. We have been redeemed. That's not just some make-believe story. We've been bought by Jesus Christ. He's given us a song and he expects us to tell that story, church. I want you to understand if there were ever a time that this world needed the redeemed of the Lord to say so. If there was ever a time our society and our country and this world needed the children of God and the people of God to open up their mouths and tell their story, it's today, church. Today in the midst of wickedness and today in the midst of sin. I want you to understand this morning that this world doesn't need more political action groups. I want you to understand this world doesn't need another Fox News contributor. I want you to understand that this world doesn't need another talk show psychologist. Doesn't need another Dr. Phil. It doesn't need another Dr. Oz. It doesn't need another Oprah Winfrey. It doesn't need another individual on The View or some other chat channel, church. What this world needs is for the redeemed of the Lord to rise up on their feet. It needs the redeemed of the Lord to open up their mouth and start to tell their story about the greatness of their God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, church. This world needs the children of God to tell their story of redemption, church. The story of their deliverance from the hand of the fowler and their deliverance from the hand of the foe. I don't know if you realize it or not, church, but if you're a born-again believer, you've been delivered. You've been delivered. You've been delivered. And so often we come into the house of God and we act like we're still in chains. We act like we're still in the graveyard. We act like we're still at man-made wells. But Jesus has set us free. Oh, my Lord, when we come into the house of God, we ought to come with our hands held high because Jesus broke the chains. We ought to come with a dance in our feet because Jesus set us free. I am redeemed. I've been set free. I'm not who I used to be. You see, the old man is the one that grumbles. The old man is the one that complains. The old man is the one with the sourpuss face and the unwillingness to praise our God. But the redeemed of the Lord are willing to say so. 
Say so, say so. Praise God. How many of you know God is good? Amen. When Lazarus was raised from the dead and given new life, again, the Bible tells us that he didn't hang around the tomb, church. He didn't stay in that place of death. He didn't play, stay in that place of bondage. He went back to the city from whence he came. And the Bible tells us that he told his story. How I once was dead. How I once was uh, wrapped up in prison. How I once was the prisoner of darkness. But Jesus came into my darkness. And Jesus called me by name. And Jesus rolled back the stone. And Jesus took off my grave clothes. And he put on a robe of righteousness. Church. Amen. How many of you know what God did for you? Amen. He took off your grave clothes. He called you out of darkness into His glorious light. And we are supposed to say so. Lazarus went and said so. And the Bible tells us that many Jews believed upon Christ because He did. This world is waiting for someone to say so. This world is waiting for the the redeemed of the Lord to go tell their story of hope, of redemption, of forgiveness, of mercy, of grace. Unless we're willing to go, they'll be bound up. Unless we're willing to go, they'll stay in the tomb and they'll stay in the graveyard and they'll keep hanging out at man-made wells. I hope you understand this morning that every single one of us who claim to be a Christian... Every single one of us who claim to be blood-bought believers of Jesus Christ have a story that's worth telling. We have a reason to open up our mouths and say so, church. And that's why I selected the title of this message coming off of Easter. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The sad reality is far too many of us, we have a big Easter celebration and then we shut our mouths when we go out into the rest of the world. But I want you to know the reason we celebrated His resurrection last week is so this this week we can go out free. So this week we can go and say so, church, because this world needs to hear it world needs to be set free just like we were, church. Every single one of us have a say-so inside of us. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Because the reality is, every single one of us, at some point or another, at some time or another in our life, we're found hanging out in the man-made wells of this life, trying to satisfy the thirsting of our soul. We were drinking from this dead well and drinking from that dead well and trying to fill up this jug and, and that jug. But in that place of desperation, Jesus came by. He knew our thirst and He satisfied the thirsty and He filled the hungry with all good things, church. Amen. Every single one of us, at some point in our life, we're drinking from dead wells until Jesus came by and filled us up with living water so we would never thirst again. And if that's not a reason to say so, if that's not a reason to rejoice and be glad, I don't know what is. I don't know what is. Reality is every single one of us at some point in time in our life were found bound up by the adversary in the graveyard of sin. 
Every single one of us at some point in our life were found bound up by depression or bound up by fear. You ever been there, church? You ever been in that graveyard of depression? You ever been in that graveyard of fear? Some of you in the graveyard of guilt, graveyard of shame. It has you all bound up. You can't sing your song. You can't dance your dance because you're all bound up, church. Every one of us at some point in our life, we're found in that graveyard of darkness. But Jesus came and he showed us the light, church. And again, if that's not good enough reason to give God thanks and to give God glory and for us to say so, I don't know what is. Every single one of us at some point or another... We're found in the tomb of spiritual death, headed for destruction. But Jesus came along and He called us by name. He said, child, you are mine. I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. Child, you are mine. When you walk through the waters, I will be there. And through the flame, you'll not be drowned. You'll not be burned because I will be with you. How many are thankful God's with you, church? And if that's not a reason to say so, if that's not a reason to rejoice or give thanks, I don't know what is. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. The story of how He called you by name and rolled back the stone and raised you up to newness of life. I'm here to tell you that old things have passed away in my life and all things are new and He's worthy of thanks because of it. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, David said. It's exactly what he said in Psalm 107. He starts out by saying in verse 1, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His loving kindness endures forever, forever, church. Let the redeemed of the Lord in verse 2 say so. It means let them tell their story whom He has redeemed from the hand of the adversary who He has redeemed from the hand of the foe. How many of you know we got a good reason to give thanks this morning? Amen? In the midst of world turmoil, in the midst of economic struggles and troubles, in the midst of trying times, in the midst of uh, difficulty, sickness and storm, church, in the midst of marital or familial or financial difficulties, we all still have a story that is worth telling and we all still have a reason to give thanks. And that's because he is good, church. David said, give thanks to the Lord because he is good. Not because your marriage is good, not because your finances are good, not because your day went good, not because your job is good or your house is good or your car is good or your neighbor is good. He said, give thanks unto God for He is good. Amen. Amen. You see, the reality is, church... Your circumstances and situation might not be good today, but I'm here to tell you that God is still good. You might not be in good health this morning, but God is still good. Your job may not be great, but God is still great and greatly to be praised. Your boss may not be a good boss, but your father is a good father, which is in heaven. God is good, good, good. 
Doesn't matter what our lot in life might be, church. He is good. He is good. He is good. He is good. What we have to learn, church, is that God is good in the fire. And God is good in the flood. God is good in the sickness. And God is good in the health. God is good in the storm, and God is good in the sunlight. God is good when my cupboard is empty, and God is good when my cupboard is full. God is good when my finances are flowing, and God is good when my finances are low. He is good. He is good. He is good. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. God is good. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. Because His love endures forever. How many of you know God is good at the well? Because you've been at the well. God is good in the graveyard because you've been in the graveyard. God is good at the tomb. When you felt like your, your life was at the end, you, you felt like your life was at the close, you felt like there was no tomorrow, I want you to know that God is good at the tomb, church. Good enough to raise you up in newness of life. Good enough to take your sorrow and turn it into joy. Good enough to take your guilt, church, and turn it into righteousness. He is good. He is good. He is good. We're to give Him thanks at all times because He is good at all times. Amen, church? Because His loving kindness endures from generation to generation to generation. I hope you know what that means. It means that God's goodness didn't run out on my granddaddy. God's goodness didn't run out on my papa. And God's goodness didn't run out on my mama. God's goodness is good for me. And it's not going to run out on me. God's goodness and mercy and grace is going to be there for my kids and my grandkids and my great-grandkids and yours as well. Give thanks to the Lord for He is Good. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. I want you to know that your grandkids and your kids need to hear you tell your story. They need to hear about how good God is. Ah, they go out into that world and they hear stories of trash and stories of garbage. They're put out there in that wicked world every single day and they're hearing the stories of the world. They need to redeem mama and daddy. They need to redeem grandpa and grandma. They need to redeem mother and father to rise up and say so. To tell of the goodness and the greatness of our God. Oh, Jesus. I'm thankful that I have a mama and dad that told me about God's goodness and God's greatness. And told the story of their redemption. It's why I'm standing here behind this pulpit. Because someone told the story of my great God. Hallelujah. Oh, this world needs us to stand up and say so, church. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Our thankfulness shouldn't be tied to the temporary pleasures and pains of this world. Because your pleasures will disappear. And so will your pains. Our thanksgiving and our say-so 
It shouldn't just be tied to the rain or the shine because one day it'll be raining and the next day it'll be shining. It shouldn't be tied to the ups or downs of life. Our praise shouldn't be up one day and down the other day. Our thanksgiving shouldn't be up one day and down one day. But when you tie your praise and you tie your thanksgiving and you tie your your worship to the things of this world, they will go up and they will go down. The house of God is filled with so many fickle Christians. It's why one Sunday we worship and one Sunday we're dead. One Sunday we're dancing, one Sunday we're sleeping. Because we're basing our praise and our worship on the things of this world. Instead of the one who redeemed me. Brought me out, church. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. I'm wondering what your story is this morning, church. Wonder when you open up your mouth in the workplace. Wonder when you open your mouth up to your neighbor. Wonder when you open up your mouth on the phone. I wonder what you're saying so. I wonder if your words are filled with glory. I wonder if your words are filled with praise. I wonder if your words are filled with thanksgiving and with hope and with encouragement. Or if your words are filled with poison. If your words are polluted. If you're telling the sad songs of this world. Or if you are encouraging the listener to a higher place in God. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Our thankfulness, church, shouldn't be tied to the size of our bank account. Shouldn't be tied to the size of our house. Shouldn't be tied to the size or the kind of car we drive. I want you to understand that God is good in a big house and God is good in a little shanty. I want you to understand that God is good in a brand new car and God is good in a little old jalopy. I want you to understand that God is good when your cupboard is overflowing and God is good when it's suffering lack. God is good. God is good. But we're waiting for Him to do another good thing before we give Him some praise. We're waiting for Him to do another miracle before I give Him some glory and give Him some honor. We're waiting for Him to do something else special in our life before I give Him my money, before I give Him my tithes, or I give Him my offering, or I give Him my service, or if I give Him my heart. We're waiting for Him to do something else miraculous when He already did 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross. He purchased my redemption. Woo! My wife's probably sitting, calm down, Jeff. Praise God, amen. Come on, I wish y'all could feel like I feel this morning. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You want to know why Pastor Chad was up here just speaking like he did and flowing out of his heart? Because God doing something in his life. God's been doing something in this staff. He's been doing some incredible things in the, in the, uh, in the conference room where our staff meet together. He's building unity and he's building vision and passion and zeal. That's where that came from and overflowing. And he couldn't wait to say so. Amen. Praise God. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, church. 
what this tells me. David said, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Then he immediately says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those who he redeemed from the hand of the foe. What that tells me is above everything else. Above anything and everything else that Jesus or God would ever do for us or has done for us. That our thankfulness should rest on our redemption. Our thankfulness should rest on our rescue from the foe. The reason we're to give Him thanks in all circumstances, all circumstances, good circumstances and bad circumstances, good situations and bad situations, good times and trying times. We are to give Him thanks in all circumstances, church, because of what He did for us 2,000 years ago on Golgotha's hill when He stretched Himself out wide on an old rugged cross and He laid down His life for you and me. That's what our thanksgiving should rest upon. That's what our praise should hinge upon, church. What He's already done for you and for me. Amen. The reason we are to give God thanks is because He was good enough to rescue us. Amen. He was good enough to deliver us, church. How many of you know that God was good enough to look for us when we were lost? He was good enough to fix us up when He found us broken. He was good enough to rescue us when we were held captive by sin, by doubt, depression, guilt, shame, condemnation. He was good enough to rescue us. And it's a good enough reason to give Him thanks. Amen? It's a good enough reason to say so. It's unfortunate, like I said, far too often we sit around waiting for God to do something else. We wait around for God to answer this prayer, or answer that prayer, or give me this or give me that. And in due season, God will give it to you if that's part of His will, church. But in the meantime, we keep giving thanks because He's good, church. The truth is, listen to me, I know it might sound cliche, but if Jesus didn't ever do another thing for you, if God never answered another single prayer, the prayer that He answered was when you were in darkness, when you were in bondage, when you were in shame... When you were locked up in sin, church, He heard your cry and He rescued you in your time of need. Amen. If He never did anything else, He's already done everything that He needs to do. He's given us everything pertaining to life and righteousness, the Bible says. We sit around in the house of God. God, I'll dance when you dance. I'll do for you when you do for me. But He's already done everything that He needs to do. He gave us His only begotten Son, so that whosoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Amen? I'm here to tell you I'm thankful for my everlasting life. I'm here to tell you that I'm the one that once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I'm here to say so this morning, that my God is great and greatly to be praised. Ah. In the Greek, there's three words for redemption, which our thankfulness should rest upon. Three words that our story should be built upon, church. Three truths behind our every say-so. It's one I want to look at in the rest of our time this morning. The first word or the first meaning in the Greek for uh, redemption is agorazo. 
And it means purchased in the marketplace. And if you're taking notes, underline that in purchased in the marketplace. We should all well know that 2,000 years ago, Jesus came into the marketplace of sin and he purchased our salvation. Amen. 2,000 years ago, he sent his son, the Bible tells me, into the midst of a wicked world. He, He sent his son into the middle of our mess. He sent His Son into the middle of our sin. He sent His Son into the the depths of our disgrace. I want you to know, church, that at some point, all of us before Jesus Christ were a disgrace. Because there's none that are righteous, no, not one, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Before Jesus Christ, we were all a disgrace. All of us. But thank God, He sent His Son so I would no longer be a disgrace but that I could be the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ, that I could be redeemed, amen, church? But He came into the middle of our uncleanness. He came into the middle of our unworthiness, and He purchased us, church. While we were ugly and covered in sin, while we were broken and beyond human repair, while we were playing in the pig pen of impurity, church, When the devil said we're not worth a plumb nickel. When the world said they're too broken. Their past is too ugly. They're too dirty. They're too unclean. When the world called us a mutt. It's not worthy to be adopted. Not worthy to be purchased. Too broken, too battered, too ugly, too filthy, too smelly. Jesus reached down. He came in. To our mess. He came into our ugliness. He came into our brokenness. He came into that, that place where we were destined for destruction, church, just like those mutts at the pen. And Jesus looked at us and he saw something of value and he saw something of worth. And he said, I'm not going to let them perish. I'm going to send them my only begotten son. And he's going to pay the price for their redemption, church. If that's not a reason to give thanks, I don't know what is when you and I were that ugly mutt. Jesus came in and He freed us, church. He said, I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. Child, you are mine. Amen. How many of you are thankful that you're His? Hallelujah. No longer a slave to sin, no longer a slave to Satan, no longer a slave to this world, no longer a slave to the enemy, church. You are now a child of the Most High God. How many of you are glad God was not afraid to get His hands dirty in order to lift us up out of our miry clay? He wasn't afraid to come into the middle of our mess. He wasn't afraid to reach down into the, the, the slop of our pig pen, church. How many of you know we were all that prodigal son playing with the pigs, eating corn cobs for sustenance? But Jesus wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty. Jesus wasn't afraid to talk to tax collectors. Amen. He wasn't afraid to talk to prostitutes. He wasn't afraid to lay his hands on the lepers. He wasn't afraid to touch a dead man, church. You understand what I'm saying here this morning? That's who we were. We were the prostitute. We were the tax collector. We were the dejected. We were the hated. We were the dead. 
We were the leper that was filled with sin. And Jesus said, and God said, I don't care how dirty they are. I don't care what their reputation might be. I don't care what their old story is. I'm going to give them a new story. I'm going to give them a new song. And I'm going to give them a reason to give praise. Amen. Come on, church, keep up. Amen. Give them a reason to rejoice. Amen, church. Wasn't afraid to come into the marketplace of sin called this world in order to purchase our salvation. If there was ever a reason to give him praise, church, that's a reason. Amen. It's reason enough for us to be thankful. Another Greek word for the word redemption is lutruo. And it goes a little bit farther, and it means to obtain release and freedom by the payment of a price. You see, and what I want you to understand with that is the fact that Jesus didn't just purchase you. He purchased your freedom. Jesus didn't just come in and purchase you. He purchased your freedom. He obtained your release from the fowler. He obtained your release from the foe. He didn't leave you tied up. He didn't leave you in prison. He didn't leave you in chains. He purchased your freedom. He obtained your freedom. He gave, he put a value on your head, which was the, the price of his only begotten son. It was the blood of Jesus Christ. And he paid the price for your freedom. He obtained your release when he went into the marketplace, church. The blood of Jesus Christ. He didn't just purchase us. He paid the price for our release. He paid the price to break the cords. Paid the price to break the chains. He paid the price for the keys to hell death in the grave church and through those keys he gave us freedom he he paid the price to open prison doors and to set us free what we need to understand about redemption or lutruo is that only a free man can free a slave jesus was the only individual ever ever born ever walked this earth that was free from sin church The Bible calls him the spotless Lamb of God, the innocent one. In him there was no fault. In him there was no sin. Jesus was the only one that could set us free. I want you to know this morning, if you don't have Jesus, you're not free. I want you to know that you can't find freedom at a well made by man. You can't find freedom in a graveyard and you can't find freedom in a tomb. The things that you think you find freedom in, you won't find freedom in a bottle. You won't find freedom in a prescription. You won't find freedom in a needle. You will only find freedom through Jesus Christ. There's no other man. There's no other prophet. There's no other priest. There's no other God that has the power or had the power to free you and set you free. Amen. It is only Jesus Christ, church. He paid the price for our release. Understand, Jesus wasn't just another slave owner who bought you simply to enslave you. He didn't buy you to bind you, church. He bought you to set you free. If you know anything about the slave market... If you know how things operated in slavery times, especially back here in the Bible, you would have a slave owner that would come in and there would be hundreds or dozens of slaves standing up on a rack with their arms up high. They had a price on them. They were on the auction block, church. 
The slave owner would come in and he would pay the price and he would buy them. And he would use that slave and abuse that slave and do whatever he wanted with that slave. And when he was done with that slave, guess where the slave went? He went back to the marketplace. He was put up for auction once again. And that slave went from bondage to bondage to bondage. But Jesus didn't didn't pay the price to bind you. He paid the price to set you free. Pay the price to set you free. Oh, but you mean Jesus? If I give you my life, I got to give up this. I got to give up that. I got to do this and stop doing You don't have to do anything. That's your choice. There's far too many individuals out there that are listening to the lie of the world and the lie of the enemy that says Jesus just wants to bind you. Jesus wants to keep you from being free. Jesus came that we might have life and have life more abundantly, church. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. It was for freedom that He set you free, not for bondage. Jesus didn't purchase you or buy you to bind you up. He purchased you to set you free. Free from guilt. Free from shame. Free from condemnation. Free from depression. Free from fear. Free from panic. Free from the lies of the enemy. Free from accusation, church. He purchased you to free you. To free you. So that you could be free. And the only thing that He asks is that we don't use that freedom as an opportunity to sin. That's all He asks. I freed you. Just don't use that freedom as an opportunity to sin. Because the one that you obey, you're slaves to. When we yield ourselves to the the enemy church, we become his slave. But Jesus came so that we could be free. Amen? It's why we're to give him thanks. It's why he is good. It's because he paid the price for our freedom church. And how many of you know that's a reason to give him praise? Amen. I'm going to call them to the music as I begin to wind this down. Don't think I'm closing right quick. See what the Holy Spirit has to do. But I want you to understand that in the Greek, redemption goes even farther than agorazo and lutruo. Because the third Greek word for redemption is exagorazo. It goes even a step farther than agorazo. And it always involves going from something to something else. Exagorazo involves going from one state to another, from one condition to another, from one status to another. How many of you are glad that when God found us and God freed us, He didn't leave us like we were? We heard in that song about redemption, I've been set free. We heard about I'm not who I used to be, church. When God found you and God purchased you and God obtained your freedom. He didn't leave you like he found you. He began to transform you. Amen. And he began to change you from the inside out. He began to do a good work inside of you, church. He began to mold you and make you so that you could be an instrument of righteousness, church, that you could be a vessel of honor. He freed you so he could transform you. He freed you so He could turn you into the likeness of His Son, Jesus Christ. He doesn't leave us like He found us, church. For Israel, exagorazo meant to go from bondage in Egypt 
to a land that was flowing with milk and honey. How many of you are glad he has a land flowing with milk and honey? Amen. For Israel, exagorazo meant to go from captivity to Canaan. That's what it means, church, from one state or status to another. For us, exagorazo means that I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was in a lost condition, but now I'm found. I was in a blind condition, but now I can see. I was once lost in hopelessness, but now I've found hope. For us, exagorazo means He has taken me from death to life. It means that He has taken me from the curse to the blessing, from rejection to acceptance, all because of what Jesus did on Calvary's cross, from death to life. That's what exagorazo means, church. And it's what God does for every single one of us who call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. He doesn't leave us where we were, church. He doesn't leave us in the marketplace of sin. Agorazo means to purchase in the marketplace. But exagorazo means to buy us out of the marketplace. It means to purchase us and remove us from farther sale. And I hope you understand the depths of what that means, church. It means that Jesus didn't just pay the price for your release. He brought you out and bought you out as well. He didn't leave you in the marketplace of sin. He didn't leave you in depression. He didn't leave you in a place of hopelessness. He didn't leave you under the hand of Pharaoh. He didn't leave you under guilt and shame and condemnation. Exagorazo means he bought us out. I want you to understand when Moses went into Egypt and he confronted Pharaoh and said, let my set my people free. He took them out with him, church. He bought them out and he brought them out as well. Jesus did the same thing when He died on Calvary's cross. The Bible tells me that He went into the depths of Hades. He took the keys of hell, death, and the grave. And He didn't just come out with the keys, church. He came out with all the saints. He set them free. He redeemed them and rescued them, the Bible says. And it's exactly what He did for you and me. He didn't just go into the pet store or the slave market of sin. Come down one more time. He didn't just come in and put a sold sign over our brother and walk away and leave him in the midst of his difficulty. Didn't come in and put a sold sign over my sister and leave her in that place of depression. Not saying you're depressed at all came to my sister, didn't just put a sign and says sold and turn his back and walk away. He said, come with me. I'm bringing you out. I'm bringing you out of depression. I'm bringing you out of captivity. I'm bringing you out of sickness. I'm bringing you out of pain. I'm bringing you out of despair and doubt. I'm bringing you out with me, church. That is what redemption means. That's what exagorazo means. He just doesn't put a soul sign around our heart. He bites us out, church. 
He buys us out. So no one could ever purchase us again. So no one could ever own us again. So no one could ever enslave us again. So no one could ever put us up on that block, put us up for sale anymore, church. He bought us out and he brought us out, church. Because because of Exagorazzo, we can say, depression, you no longer own me. Guilt, you no longer own me. Depression, you no longer own me. Shame, you no longer own me. Past, you no longer own me. Lies, you no longer own me. You understand, you've been bought out and brought out by the blood of Jesus Christ. I've been purchased by Christ. I've been set free by Christ. I've been bought out and brought out by Christ. And because of that, I am free. I am free. I am free. Did you hear me, church? I am free. I am free. I am free. Stand up to your feet if you are free today. I am free. I'm free. I'm free. I have been redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Come on. Magnify Him, church. Magnify Him this morning. I want you to know, I don't know what situation or circumstance you might be going through. I don't know what chains are holding you down, what bondage you might be feeling. But I want you to know this morning that you are not for sale anymore. Today could be the day that all those chains are broken and you come off of that auction block and forevermore you can be owned by Jesus Christ and be free. I'm just going to ask the choir, Pastor Chad, whatever they want to do to sing. But if you need freedom of any kind this morning, if you need to be delivered this morning of anything, I don't care what it is, a sin or anything, If you need a story, if you need a song, if you need a say-so, or if you have a say-so, don't leave here without proclaiming it. When they sing, this is who I'm calling. If you need to be free, come and find your freedom. The prayer team will come. They'll minister to you. And if you are free, don't leave here without saying so. Don't be a spectator. Step out of the aisle. Come surround and let's give some glory to God. Amen. Because I am redeemed.